welcome to our walk home. Join good friends, Amy, Aaron, and Kate, as they take a deep dive into the world of sugar addiction. Three women who found the strength to tackle their own addiction through community, courage, and commitment. Each episode will tackle a new subject, offering a little guidance and inspiration as you take your own walk home back from the edge of addiction. Well, hello, Kate and Amy, and uh, today we're going to talk about connection. You know, one of the pillars that we talk about in our opening is community, and uh, I will say that I've never felt as much part of a community as I have in recovery, which is pretty interesting because most of my active addiction years uh, were spent by myself, alone, isolation. That's what addiction does, right? Um, We've heard it said that the opposite of addiction is connection. Um, So that is what we're going to talk about today. And I will, you know, say from the beginning that I think all three of us are a little bit nervous about this because being relatively new in in recovery compared to the years in active addiction for myself at least this idea of people community connection asking for help uh very new very scary uh, so um it's been amazing and i know it's a huge part of any success i have had in recovery so hopefully after today i'll i'll feel some strength in that because it 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 really after abstinence is one of the main foundations for me of recovery. So welcome, Kate. Hi, Erin. Hi, Amy. Hi, everybody. Um, Yeah, I'm Kate, and I'm a food addiction professional and a relapse prevention specialist, and I'm based in the UK. And similarly to you, Erin, I feel like this is a subject I would really like to have lots to speak about, but connection is, wow, you know, it's... um, it's an entirely new area for me, having spelt, spent so long in my life believing that um, I had to do everything by myself. And yet the connection piece is the piece that holds it all together. It's the glue that underpins everything. And daring to connect has been such a powerful impetus in any transformation that's occurred around the recovery and I'm not it's not for me just about connection in community I found some really deep friendships um deep new friendships which I thought you know my time for making friends had passed and it's such a such a joy to have connected with people who really get what's going on around the disease of addiction and who just throw in and make that commitment to walk um, beside me and walk with me um, through all the joyful moments and all the sad moments and all the sticky moments and all the struggle bus days and, and all of that. You know, I, I just feel, I, you know, we can't do this on our own. But I also want to say, for me, it's not just about connection to community. This whole piece with recovery has been about a connection with myself. And then beyond that, it's been about connection with something bigger than that, universe, the process, higher power, I don't know, whatever we want to call it, but just reconnecting with that that part of me that knows this more.
Hi, I'm Amy in New York, just um, working my recovery with these fine ladies here. Um, connection. When I look back, um, and I know we're not talking about weight issues today, but I'm just going to go there just because it ties into the connection piece. For so many years, I think many of us were yo-yo dieting, gaining weight, losing weight, doing things like that. And until I realized that this is not a weight issue at all, but it was more of a brain issue and an addiction, I wasn't treating it properly. So I didn't have any connection. I wasn't doing this with anybody because I didn't understand that it was an addiction. But once I learned that this sugar thing and, you know, gaining weight, losing weight up and down was more of an addiction, you know, a brain issue, then I changed the way I went about it. So I really, you know, other people have said, heal your mind and your body will follow. And through community, I have found that that's the truth. But before I joined a community, I had no success at all in anything I was trying to do. So once I went, came into recovery and met so many wonderful people and joined a community, um, I didn't have success. So you can't do it alone. I couldn't do it alone, but I didn't know that. So until I realized that I need the support and I needed the community, it, nothing was really working for me. And things have completely changed and shifted in my life once I joined a few different groups, a few different communities, and started meeting with you two weekly as a community and support. Now that changed that that was that so that made the big difference for me. So community and support really is what's helping me through this now once I've learned that this is an addiction. Yeah, I think the it helps so much to know what you're facing, right? So it's it's so much easier to have a plan of action when I even know what the action needs to be focusing on. Um, and it takes that honesty and it takes that self-reflection that you were talking about, Kate. I completely agree that the knowing myself is is one of the the and having a connection to myself is one of the byproducts of recovery because in addiction, it's just this numbing out process, numbing out of feelings, numbing out of situations um, and numbing out of fear. Ultimately, everything seems to be based so much in fear for me, at least. Um, the addictive personality book, Craig Nacken, I think is how you say his name, blew me away when I came to the realization that addiction is a relationship problem. When he says that in his book, I just thought, oh my gosh, that's it. You lose a relationship with your family and friends. You lose a relationship with the community around you. You lose a relationship with something greater than yourself, the universe. I love that, the process, the higher power, whatever you call it, like you said. And ultimately, you lose that relationship with yourself. And those four pillars are the connections that in addiction just gets, for me, got absolutely severed, every single one of them. Um, even though I had a, a great family connection and family life, 
I was still lying and hiding and sneaking um, lots of things. They didn't, they didn't know, you know, I was going into the pantry in the middle of the night to get food as if they couldn't tell that the whole bag of candy bars after, after Halloween was, was gone. You know, I thought I was being sneaky, but of course they're going to see that what was full the night before is empty the next morning. But it, there was this separation from everybody just to participate in my addiction. There was a absolute separation from community because how embarrassing to eat the way that I did. Um, there was absolutely a connection from something greater than myself. I took it all on myself. I'm this bad person. I can't do this myself. And yet I would try to do it myself. You know, so it's just, it's that craziness of addiction that doesn't make any sense that I can't do it alone. And yet all I want to be is alone. Um, it, no wonder I felt crazy. It just doesn't make any sense. But ultimately, I separated from myself. He talks about in that book, the uh, the addict self, well, the addict and the self as two entities of who you are. And in active addiction, that addict takes over the irrational thinking, the black and white thinking, the denial patterns, uh, the I can do it myself, the terminal uniqueness that, you know, nobody can, you know, I'm so unique that everything that works for other people, there's no way it would work for me. And in recovery, I'm learning more about who I am and, and what that self is, what I want out of life, where I de derive meaning and purpose. Before my meaning and purpose, my purpose was just how to get more, how to get more sugar, how to get more food, how to work more, and just whatever my outlet was, it was more, more, more. That was my only purpose. And now I'm looking at it and say, what do I as a being, a whole being, mind, body, spirit, what is my purpose? And that's a connection that is so new to me and a little scary sometimes. And I, I, uh, um, I'm anxious to find out more, but it does bring up that fear. And I think the difference is now I have new ways of, of dealing with fear, I have a little fear of talking and putting a podcast out and especially connection, but I'm going to go through it and I'm going to go through it with you too. I'm not going to do it by myself. I don't have to do it by myself. I had a wonderful conversation yesterday and the woman was talking, we were talking about different things, but specifically this idea of boundaries with your kids. And then lo and behold, last night, the ultimate boundary, you know, like it just came up in my life that I needed to set a boundary with my kids. And I'm so glad that I had that conversation in the afternoon to have somebody tell me her experience and that she sent the boundary. And in the end, it was the right thing to do. If I don't have that connection, I don't get to learn from other people's experiences. Yes, I'm still going to bumble through life quite a bit, but at least I have other people's experience as a little bit of a guide, as a light on the path that at least gives me that first step. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something in showing up as our real selves and it just giving permission for other people to show up as their real selves. And at that point, we're entering those conversations that feel real and feel genuine and feel authentic. Whereas for years and years and years, I was so caught up with the disease of addiction where alienation and isolation were just, it's just so prevalent in my life. I believed that there was something wrong with me, that I was broken. And 
underneath that was a thought that basically I wasn't good enough. I wasn't enough. I wasn't good enough. And just my behavior seemed to underline that. It seemed to be completely out of control. There was almost like a dissociative part to it as well, where I would watch myself doing bit towards the end when my addiction was really, really took hold. Totally watching myself in front of the fridge eating and not actually being present whilst um whilst whilst this was happening. And all the time I just had this looping thought that actually, you know, I'm really special. Nobody is nobody, you know, my problems are unique. Nobody's experienced what I've been. Nobody else has been adopted and had to go through life in all this pain trying to figure out who they are. Nobody else has, has had a start like this. No one else has these issues. Um, and yet you show up in group. You show up in recovery, you show up in the 12-step rooms, you show up with these other people, and everybody's got something. You know, everybody's got a story. And and you look at these people and and just recognize something in them so deeply in, in myself, you know, and, and it's just an utter privilege to be part of an environment where I am not unique. I am not special. I, you know, but my issues are just a story. They're just stories. And everybody, if you scratch the surface, has a story. And that's what binds us all together. It's in the story. And yet a realisation too, there's something beyond that. And it's almost like um, one can experience and sense a higher power in the presence of the group in the presence of a group of people who are prepared to step up and say, yes, this is me and this is what the disease of addiction has had me do, but I know there's more. And almost seeing it repeated over and over and over in group and allowing yourself to experience connection, um, it's transformative. And part of that then enables one to re-establish broken connections. My own experience actually was of family estrangement and difficulties with my children as they grew older. Um, but daring to go into recovery and open myself up to connection and also seeing other people who had similar stories but had been able to repair the damage. And this is how just gives one a glimmer you know, a glimpse of hope and and a thought almost that, that things could be different. And then beyond family, it's repairing that relationship with myself. There's a point, a piece in my life where I abandoned myself. I just walked away from myself. I judged myself harshly. Um, and, you know, it was a painful place to be. And part of recovery is finding that self-worth and feeling the worthiness that actually, no, you know, this is who I am and being accepted for who I am. You know, just, just before I pass on, I remember Amy, you were the very first person in my very first group who reached out and said you wanted to be a friend. And I always keep telling you this story because it just like blew my mind that I had so little confidence in myself and so little sort of belief in myself at that stage. It, it was just all gone. Um, and yet you were there 
with all your spikiness and intelligence and fun and you know somebody I really admired and recovery and you reached out to me and said you wanted to be a friend and I said well I don't know how to be a friend <laughs> but you 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 know you're just prepared to be there and you said well this is what friends do you know we we moved forward from there and then gradually worked up and had this mastermind group where Erin came on board and it was the same thing you know by daring to make a friendship with one person it it opened up to experiencing friendship with others and this deep this deep connection seeing people who've experienced what i have been through is so powerful and it is that power that collective power that we can harness and use to transform our experience into something else so by being in sugar x together all three of us um and when I heard you speak in our group, in a community, you just said things and I wanted to reach out. I just felt your heart through what you were sharing. And that's when I reached out to you and you did say, I don't know how to be a friend. I can't be a friend. I don't know if I can do this. And I was try- and I said, I, you can be a friend and I'll teach you how to be a friend because I knew that everything you were saying, if you shared that and you had a friendship, even if it was just somebody you spoke to on the phone about what you were sharing, um, that it could add to your recovery. It could change the way you feel, even in that moment. Like I noticed that when I am in an emotional state and I reach out to a friend or I reach out to somebody, it helps me just regulate my feelings at that moment. And then I don't go reaching for a substance just to numb out on my emotions. So I just felt when I was listening to you, I just wanted to reach out and and help you. And by helping you, that would help me. And then in return, once, (laughs) once we learned how to form this friendship, I knew you could help me, right? You know, we could, we could help each other. You could do for me what I could do for you. So I just see when, when these urges to do something crazy or use a substance come, and I can just take my phone and call either one of you or text one of you. That is so important. And without that connection, without somebody on the other end understanding or knowing what I'm doing, then there I am alone, you know, doing the wrong, doing something that I don't want to be doing. So I just think this makes such a difference. It just changes everything. And I don't think we can do this alone. I just know from my past experience that when I was trying, when I was trying to do anything on my own, it ended up in a failure. And here it's one day at a time and we just keep going. All of us in recovery together as a group. I feel like connection is something that also transforms over time and recovery. Um, what you guys have been talking about a little bit made me think about my first experiences in recovery is I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one thinking this way. I'm not the only one feeling this way. I'm not the only one turning to this food to make myself feel a different way. Um, in the sugar X rooms, it was just like these people were reading my mind and then I go to a, a, a different 12 step fellowship as well. That is not food based. And I still fit in there too, you know, and all the feelings I have around food, other people have around heroin, other people have around 
around meth. Other people have around alcohol. When I bring up food issues, most people go, oh, yeah, gosh, you know, that's the first thing I stole was candy. Um, So it's I mean, food is ubiquitous. But even if the substances are different, the feelings, the thoughts behind it, that what you were talking about, that feeling of I'm not enough, the stories that we all tell ourselves are so similar, no matter what the outlet is. I truly believe in that idea of addictive interactive disorder, where it's one disease with so many outlets, because no matter what the outlets are, and I've been around a lot of people with a lot of different outlets, we all have these same core feelings of inadequacy, feelings of fear. And the fears might be a little bit different, exactly what they are, but so much of our behavior is driven in these similar feelings that we're trying to change. Um, So that was one of the, that first idea of connection is these thoughts that I always just thought made me a little crazy, made me this terrible person. They just make me a person with the disease of addiction because all of those feelings are, are so similar around people. And then the next level of connection for me was that reaching out and groups was such a neat place for that either, um, giving someone a hug at the end of a meeting on our sugar X meeting, sending a private message to someone in a chat, just thank you for your share, or I just adore you. I think you're wonderful. Just, you know, I I love being a witness to your journey. Those little bits of connection with other addicts are so safe because they do have those same feelings that I do. And you're right. It's magic in those rooms, no matter where I am, what I need to hear that day. I'm going to hear if I go to a meeting. I don't have to know what it is until after the meeting, but I walk away going, yeah, I needed to hear that. That is exactly what I needed today. There is something so magical about that connection piece of it. And then to put it outside of people in recovery and to have those family relationships that are even more meaningful. I came clean to my parents about all of it, all of my addictive tendencies, my life over the years all of the things I'd hidden from them for so long and they apologized and I'm sorry. I don't know, you know, what could we have done different? I said, it wasn't you. It's me. I'm just telling you because I need to be honest. And that connection is so much stronger with myself and with other people. If I'm being honest and being honest with other addicts in recovery is such good practice to then be honest with myself and be honest with the world around me as well. And as much as the idea of connection scares me and I'm still learning to reach out when I'm having thoughts and cravings and triggers, I'm still in the, okay, I need to breathe. I need to sit with the feeling. Maybe I go for a walk. I hesitate to call every time. I still hesitate to call, even though I know it helps. Um, So this has been good for me today to remind me that don't forget about that connection piece. It's the strongest one we have. Like you said, Amy, call, text. It puts that pause in my thinking that I will then go on to do the next right thing. Yeah, it's really very much about that sacred pause, isn't it? Being able to take that pause. And sometimes even just for me, thinking of the the Zoom squares, you know, when we have a a talk, just having that image in my mind as a very visual image of of that piece of connection is so powerful, um, which helps me take that sacred pause and pivot and and make make a different decision. 
I wanted to say, and this can be a bit confronting, but addiction is a brain disease. And, you know, part of that is that we can often lack clarity of thought, especially in the early days when when we've come into recovery and we're doing the containment piece, which is looking at the food, trying to get beyond the brain fog and the sort of confusing thoughts. And so it's really helpful to have other people around with whom you can you can sort of share your befuddlement really and get some clarity. You know, if you're in group and in that setting, in that environment, you can bring whatever you're struggling with to the table. Um, I guess learning to be vulnerable is part of the whole recovery process around that. But, you know, inviting sometimes feedback or asking what do I do or, or how can I get beyond this just reinforces the fact that you're not in this on your own and I know um, you guys have talked before um, about mirror neurons um, and maybe that's something that you could articulate a little bit more um, after this but I think my experience um, as a person who was adopted was of trauma and um, a sort of disconnect with myself where I should or could have been feeling things. I really didn't know how to get in touch with myself. And food, for a long time, gave me a connection, a sort of solid connection. The the process of eating, but also having a fullness in my belly, made me feel more connected to something than anything really which that's absolutely madness doesn't it I mean who would sell their life short for the next fix in terms of food and all the rest of it but that was my truth you know my entire family my parents my kids my husband who I adore you know all of that was, was there but I couldn't feel any of it because I was so I was just intent on eating um needing to feel that connection and moving into recovery is learning to come out of all that red dog um, side of the brain, all of that addict brain that Erin, you were talking about, and learning to live life from that fuller pace, from, from the blue dog portion, from that authentic real self, whatever that looks like. And I don't always know in the moment what, what my authentic self is. I'm still finding out. But when you're with other people, you get to play, you get to experiment, you get to find out, you get to talk to people and find out what feels good, you know, and and just relearn those basic connection points that perhaps um, you never fully had the opportunity to learn um, earlier on in life. And for me, my sugar, sugar addiction and food addiction, when I look back, I almost think it started with the bottles that I was given as a baby, which had the oats and the additional stuff in to try and settle me because I didn't settle in my new home as an adoptee. And so my parents would, you know, bless them, would do everything they could to try and help me settle as a baby. And one of the things was to make my belly feel full. And that was my first connection. I feel it was bounced out of being a connection with human beings it was made with this feeling of having having a full belly and so it's been huge relearning that that is not what connection is and moving through the fear of finding something above and beyond that but like I say it's not something I have to do on my own and that's where 
most of the fear is lessened, although it's still there. Yeah, thank you. You know, I feel sometimes the biggest part is in the very beginning, asking for that connection, asking for that help. And I knew in the beginning how badly I wanted to help you, Kate, because I I felt I could. And by helping you, by allowing me to help you, I mean, I was taking a risk by calling and saying, I would love to help you. Um, but by you accepting and saying, okay, let's try this. Let's try this friendship. That was such a gift to me. And allowing me to support you helps me in my journey. And if I don't ask for help from other people, I'm not giving that back. So I know when you reach out, either if you reach out and I'm able to help, I know what that does for me and what that does in my day and how that feels. But if I don't reach out to you, I'm not giving you the opportunity to feel that. And I hope I'm coming across clearly because it sounds a little confusing, but it's just when you're nervous to ask for help, you don't realize that it's almost as if you're robbing somebody else of the joy of saying, sure, I'd love to help you. I'd love to give you support. So now I'm feeling more comfortable to be able to do that because I know what it does for me. So anybody that's nervous to reach out, I just wanted to encourage you know anyone to ask for support because somebody on the other side, they might even need to be able to help you. That's just might um, be what they need in their day. So that's what I was thinking when you were around, um, you just when you guys were talking before. Also, it's so nice to be in a community and a group here. It's so safe because I feel the closest to people in an addiction community because they really understand who I am. They understand my life as I understand theirs. When I'm in, and we're all trying to do the same things. We all pretty much have the same goal. But when I'm not in the community and I'm outside in the world, you know, with other people, I don't feel as comfortable. I almost feel um, we don't have the same goals. We're not doing the same thing. So I have to keep my guard up in a way and protect myself because we're doing different things. But when I'm here in a community, we all are working towards the same thing. And that's almost like what you were saying before with the mirror neurons, just seeing how you're doing it and what you're doing is the same thing as I'm trying to do. So we're all here together moving forward in the same way, as opposed to being out there in the world on my own, or even just going to a grocery store. It's like, whoa, you know, it's, (laughs) um, and seeing what people in the grocery store are doing, I certainly don't want to be doing what they are doing. So coming back to this group, helps me remember what I want to be doing and seeing that you're doing it too just makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing and keeps me along the right path. I think you bring up such an amazing point about that idea, connection kind of going both ways that you're giving somebody an opportunity to help, which then just strengthens their recovery in turn. Active addiction is so transactional. It's so manipulative. What can I get from you? How can I manipulate this situation so I can get my fix? Um, But in recovery, it is a give and a take there's it's both sides in in my 12 step program it's it's um 
we only keep what we have by giving it away. And that's that I need to be able to, to give to you in order to stay in my recovery as well. Like you said, it's, it, you're giving somebody an opportunity to help. Think about how amazing you feel. And I feel amazing when I get to help somebody. So now I can let somebody else have that feeling too. I think that's so important. And, and Kate, you talked about the fear will still be there. I think it recovery is interesting because in some ways, at least initially, there's more fear because all of a sudden I'm not numbing all my feelings. So those early parts of recovery was just floods of feelings. But by having less brain fog and having that sense of presence to be there in the moment, to be with people and to truly connect, even though the fear is still there, I can deal with it better because I have other people and I have other people that I'm in the moment with. I think that is so true. Um, I was talking to my sponsor yesterday and she just, you know, I was just thinking, ah, you know, sometimes when you spin out and it still happens, you know, just because I'm absent from food doesn't mean that I don't have the crazies over some thinking. And she just said, you know, you just got to stay in today. You just got to stay in the moment and just get back to being present. And, you know, in my past, I did try once to run away and become a monk in Mexico. Yeah, long story. And one day maybe I'll tell you all of that. I could never, ever, ever make a connection to to anything, to that sense of a higher power or anything like that, because I was showing the food. <laughs> I mean, the only good thing was that I had to go on. I remember I had to do a retreat for five days when I didn't eat and just <laughs> and just drank water. And that was the closest I came to ever experiencing God, simply because I wasn't eating anything with any sugar in and there was no way I could sneak any food. And it was, yeah, it was one of those things. but. You know, the techniques I learned from that experience, now I am abstinent daily. I can practice daily and I do feel um, closer to something, whatever that is, whatever I want to call it or choose to call it. You know, like when I go and stand in nature and you feel the wind pick up the leaves, you know, the breeze, it just blows the trees. There's just an awareness now of something other, something more. And, you know, that's 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 my kind of direction of travel these days. That's what I want more of in my life because it's so sweet. And to be able to feel it so fully without the the buzz, the endless buzz of my next fix and where I'm going to get some food from. Oh, and on the way home, I'll stop in at the shop and get X, Y, Z. And all, you know, all of that has gone. And at the end of the day, for all I say about isolation and alienation, solitude is now, I mean, it's so valuable. It is to have those moments of solitude, but by choice, to choose to go out and walk in the nature and to choose to be on my own with my dog and just experience all that. It's not because I didn't take a healthy risk or try anything else, which is how it used to be when I was in the sugar. But the bottom line is I just really believe we evolved to be social. And joining in, I mean, it doesn't just prolong our life. I believe it makes life worth living. And it's taken me a long time to come to that conclusion. But I'm really happy for the future and for all that's coming to each of us. Well, thank you for that, Kate. Um, I just, I love being here with you too. I love doing, I just love being in recovery with you, with you guys. And I'm so grateful we met in Sugar X and I'm also grateful for the other communities I'm in because had I not been in a community before SugarX, I don't know if I would have realized or um, 
Yeah, I don't know if I would have asked both of you to meet up with me every week. That's something I learned in a different in a different community to just find a, a small group to meet with weekly. You can have your larger community, and that's incredible. But also, just a little bit more of an intimate community weekly is 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 is, is important. Also, um, and I just feel I've been in different communities and there's some people can just find one community and that's all they need. Some can find a few communities, whatever it works best for you. But I feel like you learn something different everywhere you go. And um, if like, if you're not comfortable somewhere, there's going to be another place for you. So just don't give up if you end up someplace that doesn't feel right for you. I think that's really important because I know some people that have just given up because they felt uncomfortable for some reason in a specific or certain um, area for whatever reason or community. So you just keep going and you find your tribe and they help you survive. <laughs> well, I know my heart feels quite a bit larger today after this conversation, something that none of us thought we had much to say about and we're really nervous and yet it's it's the heart of it all it truly is and so i uh i think that uh i'm i write a gratitude list every night and i try to add the why to it to really give it some meaning and very frequently you two come up on my gratitude list most tuesday nights after we get down get together and talk you two are on my gratitude list and I will say the main reason why is the connection that I feel and, and how much it means to me. So I wish everybody out there, uh, this, whatever connections you can find, hold on to them, cultivate them. They are worth it. And, uh, if there is any topic you would like to hear us talk about, please write to us at our walk home podcast at gmail.com. And uh, you'll probably get a, this is probably a back-to-back -back episode because I'm struggling getting these things published, but I'm going to figure it out and we will get both of the last two episodes out so you can be listening to this and, and try to stay more on a schedule. But um, uh, we love our connection with each other and it's been really fun just having any idea that maybe we're connecting with other people out there as well. So take care and we'll see you next time. <laughs>